Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Voice by Matt show. My name is oh. Matt Bertho, and I have a special guest today. Oh. He is coming in strong, coming in hot from New York City. Thank you, my man. You know, it's definitely coming in hot because the weather in New York City is finally above 80 degrees. It's actually 88 degrees today. So um, definitely coming in hot and I'm a little warm. I'm excited for sure, though. The energy is definitely up because, as you know, we have some history and this conversation is long overdue. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, we talk every day. So. But nobody really gets to hear us talk, except for Jax. Right. Jackson, and my assistant, 100%. And my cats, that they will be loud today. Everybody will hear our cats. Yeah, they're just working on their vocal, you know? Yeah, they're trying to get, they're trying to get their whole self put out into the world. 100%. I mean, they're trying to, you know, these guys have gone through a lot, you know? I met them, I met them outside. I picked them up. They've gone through a lot. I resonate a lot with that, so... You know, same thing that we've done together. You know, their their voice, their true voice is trying to come out. You're going to hear that today. But we do have a lot of conversations. We speak every single day. I'm excited to see where you want to take this because we do talk every day. What do you want to What do you want to cover today? Well, it's uh, voice by Matt, and so you guys, I met Sandy last year in January at a men's retreat. And uh, I kind of told him, hey, this is what I do. And he looked at my stuff and he was like, whoa, okay, Matt. And ever since then, we've been best buds. Um, I got to see him in March again at a men's retreat. And then he hung out with Sydney and I uh, in New York City for a, a minute. <laughs> we got mm -hmm. to see him for a bit. Literally. And I haven't seen him since in real life, but Sandy is an amazing digital editor, coach, um, creative. He is constantly uh, up in my game, giving me ideas. Um, we uh, bounce people back and forth that, that need his help and need my help. Um, but Sandy, I want to start here. Sandy, I want you to tell them the truth, and I want you to tell them where you come from, mm. and I want you to tell them about your story, about where your family's from, about where you've lived your mm. whole life, about how old you are, and uh, how you got to this point. Okay. Amazing. I love this story. This is uh, really, you know, it's my favorite story. It's my story. Um. My story starts in a very, very humble beginning. I was born in the Dominican Republic. I am one of two other uh, siblings. So we're a group of three, three kids. I have a older brother that just actually turned 20, uh, 33. I have a sister that just turned uh, 29. Um, was with my mom. She was there. My dad was there. Um, I was living with uh, my family as well, because, you know, when you live in these countries, you don't just have a house alone. You're living with family. So I had a very intimate household growing up and being in a third world country. 
I remember um, milk was my favorite pastime hobby. Um, Love drinking milk. Uh, My family, they used to have this they used to make fun of me because, you know, I have big lips. They used to say that it was because <laughs> I would suck on the bottle for so long that my lips would get bigger because I loved, I loved milk. My my name, my nickname growing up was Bebe Leche, you know, baby milk, you know, or milk baby, <laughs> milk baby, Bebe Leche, because I just loved milk, milk so much. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, the first kid from my mom's family to... I'm not mistaken. This is what I've heard. Um, you know, I was the first one where they were actually even able to buy milk. You know, mm. my my brother wow. didn't have diapers growing up. They they have stories of my brother. He would when he would get under the table, they knew he was using the bathroom. He would go Aww. under the table and squat. Yeah, he was using the bathroom. But you know, I I, I love my story, man. I I I used to love going to my backyard and watching ants all day that was my tv was watching ants my imagination my sister too you know i have this one memory very vividly of just walking into the backyard um and seeing my sister playing with her imaginary friends talking to the wall and seeing my brother just like you know marching around the backyard as like almost this lieutenant and i was the baby you know just using my imagination and Hmm. you know for a long time that was my space that protected me from reality um, my aunt, which is basically my second mother, she was raising me because my father and my mom were in New York. They were, uh, you know, trying to start a life for us out here. So, you know, after two years old, my aunt was raising me. I rarely got to see my mom from two to five. Um, but in 2003, um, my mom has a dream. And I just found this out recently. She has a dream where her cousin of hers gave her a number to play for the lottery. She plays this number and um, she doesn't get it. She plays it again, doesn't get it. She gives up and she's like, ah, oh, you know, it does, it's, it's not working. My dad plays it in New York and he gets $3,000. He gets $3,000 from this number that came from a dream. And right when they got that $3,000, we had just gotten approved to come to the United States. So that literally the money, the money that got us to the United States came from a dream. Bro. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? This is like, this is like in the Heights, the musical man. Is it? Yes. It's like that, that song. Tell Jax, it's like that Lin Manuel Miranda song, $96,000. Holla. It's about winning the lottery. Yeah. Tell, tell Jax right now. Jax, in the Heights, you know that? Yes. So he's telling me that that story was just like that um, in the Heights song. Wow. No, dude, I mean, That's I just crazy. found this out recently, too. I just found this out recently, too. And, you know, we'll get into this probably later in the podcast, but. I'm a very big lucid dreamer ever, you know, even when I was living in the Dominican Republic, I remember I told you I was obsessed with milk. I remember having dreams, being on my bed, seeing milk at the edge of the bed, reaching for it, trying to drink it, waking up and being frustrated as to where'd my milk go. Mm -hmm. I would have that dream over and over trying to bring the milk into reality. And then to find out that this is something that I've been doing all of my life. And then to find out that it's the reason why I came to this country. My mom dreamed a lottery number that my dad then intuitively played. It's, it's amazing. That is it's amazing. Incredible. And that's, and that's so, so that's how, you know, we get to this country, right? We get to this country living in a basement, 
um, and pursuing the American dream. You know, my mom didn't know much, but she knew that she wanted a better life for us. She was also the youngest of her family. Um, and so she wanted to bring us to the United States. My dad had already had some connections. So it made sense. It made sense. Um, you know, and we came to the United States. I got into schooling. I remember my first day of pre-K. My mom was like, I'll be right back. Straight up abandons me in pre-K. <laughs> um, but, you know. We were living in a basement, going to school for me. I never really enjoyed it. I didn't like the whole structure of everything. I was a kid from the country in the Dominican Republic, and I wanted to be outside and play in the sun. And being in a building all day to learn stuff and learning English was very frustrating. Mm. Um, wow. But throughout that, I'm so blessed because it's what paved the way for my entrepreneurial career. I'm a very uh, social person. And so when I was in the classroom, I just wanted to talk to people. I just wanted to hang out, play games, uh, make people laugh. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of other stories in there. But, you know, I always wanted to be a comedian. I always wanted to be an entertainer. <laughs> I really enjoyed making my family smile um, from everything that we were going through and facing. You know, there were mm -hmm. days where if the toilet flushed the wrong way, we had to hurry up and move all the furniture to one side of the, the basement because the toilet would back up and there would be poop nuggets floating around in our living room floor. And it became a routine. It became casual. I remember doing that clockwork at least Bro. once a week. Um, but, you know, being from the Dominican Republic, that was still luxury for us. That was still amazing. You know, that was still really, really like, you know, still an upgrade. Um, but you know, being that, being it that way, I still wanted to make my family a little bit happier. So I got really good at comedy, um, never enjoyed the school structure. So became the class clown was natural at testing. So I got into a great, um, uh, middle school. I got into like a specialized classroom, you know, the best kids get put in there, um, sucked at grades, but was great at testing and classwork and social skills, which essentially was my hot air balloon all through um, high school. But in high school, went to a prep school. And that prep school, they're like, you got to go to college, got to go to college. I'm like, okay, how much money can I make? Okay, cool. A cardiologist can make half a million a year. I want that, right? We came to the United States to make some money. I want to make some money. I'm going to be a cardiologist. My brother was watching Grey's Anatomy at the time. I was like, boom, easy. Let's do this. I can do this. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> I don't like homework, but I'll be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was consuming content all that time, playing video games all that time. I was very in the online world, studying media, studying culture, loved music. And yeah, when when did you make your first video? My first video was sixth grade. The first That's video awesome. I posted, sixth That's grade, awesome. I was 11 years old. I remember being in my bedroom, literally this one right YouTube? here. Yeah. 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 I remember being like, what do I want to do? I really want to give men advice. I want to give men dating advice at 11 years old, what? trying to figure out what my mission statement for my YouTube channel is going to be. <laughs> oh man. That, so you that should have kept that up. That would have been viral, bro. Well, look at where I'm at now, right? I'm consulting and coaching men and, yeah. and women, right? So I got here somehow. Um, but I, in high school was like, okay, how do I make money? I want to make money. Um, I YouTubers were making a lot of money. 
I got into the real world pretty early on. At junior year, I started working, saved up, built my own PC. Um, from there, I had a station wow. and a computer that I could edit and create content on. Um, I knew YouTubers were making six figures a month. I was like, okay, that's more than a cardiologist, actually. I knew that if I went for a master's degree, it would be six years, five years if I really, you know, you know, pedal, pedal to the ground. But that's still not what entertainers were making on YouTube. And that would give me fulfillment. Fulfillment was a word that I unfortunately learned about after graduation. Um, it blows my mind. I didn't know what that word was. Um, but I knew and my intuition and my heart was leading me towards media, entertainment, being a leader. Um, and yeah, man, been creating content since then. Got some really crazy adventures that I went into after high school, went all in on being a YouTuber, um, quit my job. I was working six days a week, went down to one. They tried to cap me, told me I was too young to become a manager, even though I was an assistant manager at 17. Where was um, that? I was working at a salad spot. I was working at a salad spot in Manhattan. Um, okay. They were a franchise store. I was meeting the founder often, and the founder liked me because I was a 17-year-old kid, like climbing the ranks, guiding and leading, um, you know, adults that were much older than me and making the store a lot more money. Um, but the decision was made that I was too young. I immediately lost passion for that and went all in on YouTube. And thank God I did, right? Like so many stories got to meet you as a result of my grind and my leadership skills around media. And went freelancing for a long time, went through a ton of different adventures um, and wanted to create my own business, created my own business. I'm now training very powerful team, learning a lot about culture, just playing the game, playing the game and having fun. So, I mean, there's so much more. <laughs> that Sandy could talk about, uh, <laughs> you know, his story. I think uh, one of the coolest things, you know, that I get to do is work with people on their voice. And Sandy has taken a few lessons with me. And one of the things that uh, came up that really unlocked Sandy speaking truth uh, happened at the second men's retreat. Um, you know, I just kind of glanced over during the retreat and I noticed that Sandy was just bawling. And then he came down to me and I remember I put my hands on him and hugged him and he just sat by me. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you would be okay to talk about that kind of breakthrough moment and how that helped you find your voice because uh, that was a big moment last year mm -hmm. to this moment. Yeah. Like, think about that. Like, I, you know, and I, I talked to him about it on our first call about how some of his family experiences were holding him back. Mm -hmm. um, it was a block that he had. And I wonder if you would just share a little bit about what you learned in that moment and then kind of how you've taken your voice back and, and repurposed that pain that you went through as a little boy to be able to help grown men and women now, you know, share their voice mm -hmm. and promote themselves now. Yeah, I would love to. I, that's an amazing story and I'm, and I'm, and I'm glad to share it. Um, and 
I want to first dial back because I, you know, since you're such a critical part of that story, I want to show people how I met you, you know, eight weeks before that second retreat. When I first met you, I walk in with all my gear. I'm trying to be a big shit. I'm like, oh, I could close clients from this retreat, right? I walk in and, you know, the hostess greets me, the host of the event greets me. And then I see uh, Mr. Matt Bertha, first person I see, I walk into the door, I see him right there. And then I see he's talking to someone else. I immediately look away because there's this intimidation. I don't know why. And actually, I do know why. As I said that, the image flashed back in my head. It was your focus. Like, I wonder if people on social will ever see the face you make when you're focused. You probably won't be able to recreate it now. But when you're focused... It's this intense when you're when Matt makes this his focus face, everything scrunches up and his eyes are just boom, like like locked in and he's just locked in. And so when I saw that face, I immediately became intimidated. But as we opened up um, the 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 conversations, I got to meet him, hear a little bit about uh, his fishing hook story, which I love. Um I felt very, very comfortable. Um, and even, you know, the other guys in the group felt very comfortable opening up. Um, and as I had conversation with Matt, I remember we had a conversation in that kitchen before we switched locations for that first event. And we were speaking about some of the stuff that you did. I showed you an artist that I was recently listening to to process some of my sad emotions. And so when I showed you that artist, I wanted to sing like that guy because I felt like singing like him would help me process and release some of those emotions mm-hmm. and i was speaking to the right guy um immediately after we started connecting on zooms talking frequently um the main thing that made me love you immediately was the work that you were doing with children and the philanthropy but not just you know philanthropy in the words that you normally hear it's leadership philanthropy like you were going all in it wasn't just you just making a donation and showing up you were going all in and i love that because in my own experience of having such an almost traumatic experience in 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 the schooling uh experience here in new york city hearing the stuff you were doing i was like wow um and once we started doing voice work you immediately picked it up and it made me extremely uncomfortable i remember getting angry before our calls together because it made me very, very uncomfortable. And I know that, you know, especially after we've hung out, you do that to a lot of men, you make them angry. And then you eventually try to project that towards you. Um, But he made me, you made me very angry. And I was like, Mm. because what you were bringing out of me was being protected by anger. So when you were trying to get there out of me, that anger first had to come out. And I remember, um, there was a lot of blockage around me speaking to my future self before that second retreat. We were trying wow. to do some meditation. Do you remember that? We were trying yes. to. We were trying to. Uh, you were like, speak to I remember my future we, self. We did uh, some intention steps, and you were like, "Man, Matt, I'm really trying. I don't see anything." Exactly. And yeah. I was like, I, mm. Yeah, and I was like. I was like frustrated by that too. I was like, and then you were like, Sandy, I feel some, uh, some, some, something around your family. And I remember us talking about like, you know, how I was pulled from home and like these emotions that came up with so much confusion and almost like emotions that I hadn't seen in such a long time. And that was me first. Now that I know with my awareness, connecting to my body and the emotions inside of my body, my emotional body as well. And, you know, 
we were going through that, I remember being extremely frustrated. I feel like you took the cap off and started this uh, domino effect when we started singing together because there's a lot of blockage in my throat and my chest mm -hmm. and my heart. So my heart, my chest, my throat, like in this area. And so essentially what had happened, you know, especially doing the work with Matt and then going into that second retreat, I was having this experience where I was where I was talking to my body. I was talking to my body and I was calming it down and talking to it like it was my child. And I was calming it down. I was calming it down. And my intuition at that point, um, you know, pushed me to seek guidance. And that's why I ended up sitting next to Matt and sitting next to another homie of ours, Joe. And in that environment, was able to let out some of what was coming up. Mm -hmm. And what was coming up was in that moment where I was curled up and, and crying, there was these emotions that were coming up out of me that reminded me of when I was younger in this household. And I had these emotions that I had to push back down, push back down as the youngest in a family that was really, really hard because I was also not getting the um, responsible support around those emotions. And I remember, um, doing work with you and just seeing you, especially as a father and seeing what happened with me and my father, there's a lot of uh, what happened to me through sixth grade and eighth grade when my mom and dad went through a divorce and my dad ended up, you know, I wouldn't say abandoning us, but he definitely could have done a lot more, mm. you know, and, and he switched locations very abruptly, came back, wow. apologized, and then left again, both times, never even told us he was leaving, just left. Um, and that was hard for me, you know, that was hard for me to accept that my own father, because I, I'm his only child, my, my brother, my sister and me all have different dads. So to have wow. my dad just, if, you know, felt like abandoned me was really rough. And so I remember in that period doing a lot of crying that I felt like I had to push back down. And in that state of just being there, it was just it was all right there. It was all right at the throat and it was all coming up. And I, and it was just these frustrating experiences of just every single time I cried and held it back in more memories came of how many more times I had done that. Wow. Um, and I think for me now, the sadness is around how much more sadness there is. I feel like there's just constantly this more memories of just, you know, just sadness. I did a lot of quiet crying in my household. So in that a lot of blockage around my voice yeah so, i want you i i want you to go to that spot because um when sandy told me what he's about to say i can't get this image out of my head mm. and i i wonder if you could uh, give detail to the image that i'm talking about sandy that little boy in a room alone yeah, for sure. So, you know, especially coming from a very uneducated family, you know, we were the first ones here. Especially, you know, parents, they they try to do their best. And what they end up doing is mimicking their parents on top right. of also trying to manage financial pressure and anxiety and social pressure, right? So my mom had this ritual with us. It's very common in, in, in uh, many Spanish traditions where she would put me in a room and she would turn off the lights and I would be on my knees and she would make me face the wall mm. and I would be in there for hours. And this is multiple, multiple times, you know, mm. um, there are other stories that I've heard too, where 
before my mom, from what I remember, didn't do this to me, but, um, and this was my mom and my dad, right? Like it was a collaborative decision in the household. Um, and I'm not sure if my siblings, they were done this, you know, maybe other things that I don't know about, but sometimes people would put grains of rice before the kids would kneel down so that they would kneel on rice and face the wall in the dark and all that stuff. But I remember being in those in those states and as a little kid being confused and having to manage and deal with those emotions alone of why is my parent doing this to me? Hmm. You know, um, I'm the youngest. Why are they doing this to me? Um, Not only that, I was severely I still am severely afraid of the dark. Um, And so I remember facing the wall and just doing this nonstop on a swivel for hours. Um, and just being extremely just frustrated, confused, scared. I'd be screaming at the top of my lungs for my mom wow. to, wow. Um, you know, let me out and immediately told to hush because they were watching TV, you know. Um, and, you know, it was things like that, um, that even just traveling back in time and recognizing, you know, that set the precedent for how I handled and carried myself because I didn't want to make a mistake because if I made a mistake, that was going to be my punishment. It was this fear that this this thing that constantly um, loomed over me. Not only that, I, um, from the moment I was born, slept with my brother, always, mm, always. Wow. And so if my brother wasn't in the room and I had to go to sleep early for school, I couldn't. I couldn't because the dark was too much. Um and so it was just a, a lot of a combination of a lot of things, being the youngest, being um, my dad's only child, feeling abandoned, uh, being punished and being confused. There was no clarity around um, the punishments. And so there was a lot of confusion that had to be pushed down. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was a lot of things, but it was mainly that um, mainly that punishment that like made me silenced, you know, made me behave a certain way. Um, I remember when we'd go to family gatherings, my mom would show me off, show us all off because of uh, how, you know, how disciplined we were because we wouldn't move from the couch. We wouldn't move from the couch because all she had to do was look at us a certain way. Um, And I know now, you know, my mom has made a complete 180. I know now why those things, um, why she did those things to us, but you know, battling that memory, that muscle memory, that nervous system memory that my body now has because of those traumatic experiences is extremely challenging. And it wasn't until um, I started being vulnerable with the voice that there was this thread that we kept pulling on where it just more kept coming out. And even till this day, still more is just coming out. Yeah. Um, But I remember. I can feel it, man. Like you, like, I mean, people are getting a gift right now. And I know Mm. like for the people listening, this is, this is a little bit challenging to listen to Sandy experience this with us because he, he's doing work right now. He's literally Mm. doing work right now on a, on a podcast and you can feel it from him. You can hear it in his voice that, um, how brave he is, how much courage he has to face the darkness, literally face the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, man, I'm so proud of you, Sandy. Um, this, this is, this is why you are who you are. This is why I love you so much. Um, because you didn't give up. And, you know, when I met Sandy, 
he was exactly what he said. He was very uh, much ego driven to get money and find clients and show people, you know, that he's worth something. And, and, you know, a year, I I made this uh, reel today about what a difference a year can make. Mm. And Sandy, man, if you, if you look at Sandy from last January to this January, to this moment, um, you know, about a hundred percent growth and into a, a, a much more loving, caring, uh, empathy. Um, you know, he's coaching a, a guy in the Ukraine right now that, mm-hmm. um, I can just tell he's given a lot of love to, um, a lot of, uh, support because, you know, not, not the same things that Sandy's been through, but you know, it's the Ukraine and they're going through war and hearing bombs and people getting killed. And Sandy talks to him every week. Um, but I love the amends that Sandy's made with his mom and his father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Sandy, I FaceTimed him and he was eating with his father and he introduced me to his father and I saw his father and I was like, wow, they look very much alike. And I was very like honored that Sandy took the time to introduce me to his father. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so man, your voice, bro. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud of your voice. I'm so proud of your, um, your truth. And it's, uh, it, it's just the beginning. It's still just the beginning. Um, you know, Sandy's very humble. He's got, he's got to be around some really, really cool people, man. Um, just give him a little, little drop, drop, drop some names. Don't be too humble right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll drop some names. I've done some work with uh, J Lo. I've done some work with Eli Manning. Done some work with Gary V. Um, the Giants, Dennis the New Rodman. York Giants. Yeah, the New York Giants. I do work with um, some of the production team from Logan uh, Logan Paul's team. I try to diversify my connections. I'm a big relationships kind of guy, so I try to work with everyone. But yeah, if you talk to Sandy, like, you know, you're listening to him on, on this podcast right now, you would be like, man, he is a, he's a really down to earth dude that has a great story. And then he throws down those names for you. And you're like, Oh, he must be, he must be really good at what he does. And yeah, he's, he's really good at what he does. And what I love about Sandy and Jax and the whole team is, you know, I get the inside scoop on what's coming. And Sandy, I know Sandy, Sandy likes my brain because he'll, he'll tell me and show me some tech or some technology or something. And I'm just like a sponge. I'm like, yeah. And it takes me a second. I see it and I'm like, okay. And then I run. Um, and so he's helped my team tremendously with my presence on social media. And you know, uh, Life is definitely happening for Sandy right now. Like it is happening. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you tell him a little bit about um, what you're doing right now and, 
what some of your goals are, how are you using your voice right now? Mm -hmm. um, and then how people can follow you and how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Um, what I'm doing right now, and I'm so glad that you acknowledge some of those things. One, I want to say, you know, yeah, for sure. I wanted to uh, definitely introduce you to my father because um, the work that you and I have done um, that, you know, deserves a lot more attention is the daily discipline work. Um, it used to make me extremely uncomfortable to speak to you often and be vulnerable and emotional every single day because my dad never did that. My mom never did that. My siblings never did that. And then in the business world, never. It was all money, no relationship. Wow. Um, and so it was weird for me. Um, but you're exactly right. I was able to somehow protect my heart and follow my intuition. And my intuition kept guiding me to do work with you. We started 75 hard and that changed my life completely. Um, being consistent changed my life completely. Um, I went from making five to $10,000 a month, very sporadically, very randomly. We did 75 hard and, um, you know, we, we did started 75 hard August 28th. October, I made $20,000. And that was the most money I'd ever, ever made. And now where we're at now is making $20,000 for us is very, very easy. Um, and I credit that to the work that you and I did, because um, it's, it, it started a domino effect that like, literally, absolutely changed my life. You even helped me um, do a blood test that quite literally saved my life. Because I was wow. on a very dangerous I forgot diet. About that. <laughs> I was on a very dangerous diet. My cholesterol was very high. And I also found out that I have a genetic um, problem that's rare. That's also, you know, I, there's no way I should be having bad cholesterol because on top of this condition. And so you even pushed me to do a blood work, you know, and uh, a blood work. I was like, this is expensive. But I, again, I was like, no, let me do it. So what I'm doing now, um, Definitely doing collaborations with you because there's a lot that we need to do. Um, but what I'm doing now is I'm mastering relationships, pouring my heart into everything that I do. I, ex I definitely had to explain my self-worth in every conversation and Matt just had to keep being like, Sandy, they're not doing business with you because of what you can do. They're doing business with you because of you. And that was really hard for me to understand. I mean, when you used to first say it, it was like Chinese. You were speaking Chinese to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this guy saying? Like, no, they want what I serve. They don't want me. Um, but it was even in that first transformation in September where I leaned into my philosophies. And then that's when I started making the most money. Um, so what I'm doing now is prioritizing relationships. I'm very big on um, fighting the matrix. Social media is very dehydrating. Everything we consume, especially our children, is setting us up for some very nasty habits and rituals. And so what I try to do is I work with leaders to create content that hydrates the planet and creates other leaders. And I'm very passionate about that, doing it all types of forms from micro content to YouTube content, et cetera, et cetera, constantly innovating, even on LinkedIn. And so I just work with leaders to create other leaders and uh, hydrate social media. Um, I'm at I am super Sandy. It's letter I, letter M, super Sandy. Um, and I'm on a mission just become more super. I always wanted to be Superman. So let's see. Maybe I can fly by the time I'm hey. by the time I'm 50. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I wanted to give you give you that um little acknowledgement because um what we've learned, especially from consistency and leadership and discipline and emotion work, it's so powerful and true. And I think not enough people will ever see that until they walk the path of a daily discipline. 
Um, and it changed my life completely. So here I am. Well, and you, you come in to terms with your emotions and expressing them was a big hurdle for you. Like not being so embarrassed to cry, not being so embarrassed to cry in front of other people or to cry period. Right. Um, that was a big, big turning point for you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you know, it it was, it was, man, I, in that room and I was with you guys, I had never felt such a family experience for all these men, you know, how, you know, my main, you know, my dad and then my brother, my, after my brother left and he moved out very quickly again, very quickly, like no time to process. It felt like the leaders and the men in my life were just leaving. Mm. Um, and that did a lot to myself for So to be around men being vulnerable, that makes was sense. huge. Well, and, and, you know, like I come into your life immediately, you're like, Oh, is he going to leave too? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't leave. Yeah, yeah. I'm there every day. Which makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, which makes people uncomfortable. Well, you, this story that you have, Sandy, unfortunately, you're not alone. And I think if you guys rewind the tape, you're going to understand why Sandy's mission is to help men, specifically men, be better leaders, better fathers, better husbands. And that's, that's a lot of my mission, too, because in uh, public school, there are so many absent dads. And it, it um, not only absent, abusive dads, um, dads that uh, are not present, dads that do not say I love you, dads that dumb down their life, numb their lives, and they don't, they don't communicate. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tragic. And there are a few of us in the world that try to be better fathers, better husbands. And there's not enough, though. And Sandy is going to be a great father, and he's going to be a great husband someday. Um, and he's, he's learned a lot about just, you know... You're like the perfect example of the butterfly, man. Mm. And it's uh, to to watch you go from last January to this moment. You know, twenty thousand is easy for you a month, but that twenty thousand, Sandy's delivering, man, and his his team's delivering, and he he takes a big responsibility with his team to train them, and challenge them, and talk to them daily. And give them feedback as a great leader would. Um, Sandy's working with my first business client, CEO, Nathan Mansfield. And I would never have told Nathan about Sandy if Sandy didn't deliver. Mm. Because Nathan is a good man. Nathan's a good father. Nathan's a good person. Nathan works really hard. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people out there that need to hear your story, Sandy. Mm. And I know it's your story and it, even telling it today, it's, it's very normal for Sandy to tell this story mm. because he lived it. But for me to hear it even again, man, it's hard to hear. 
Mm. But knowing that you are where you're at right now and the dreams that you have and the goals that you have, and you're constantly trying to encourage others now that you coach to share their truth, mm-hmm. to not just be ego, to not just care about the money, to not just uh, do what everybody else is doing. You got to do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, what I've noticed now is that most of us, especially in areas of low income, we live in a place where everybody's walking around and they're walking around and they're made of stone. They've protected their hearts and they've just blocked it off. And that's how I was. I was very ego driven when I was first in this business world because of it. I was doing business from a survival state. Yeah. I was doing business with anxiety and fear. And lack. And lack. And lack. A hundred percent. That word abundance is a word, a new word that I learned last year as well to you. Abundance. What does that mean? Walking in abundance. Um, Me too. And what you'll notice in the families of these people of stone is that it's not, uh, it's, it's all right. All right, son. Love you. Bye. That's it. That's, that's the only time you'll ever hear the word love. Um, from a parent, from a sibling. All right. Love you. Bye. And at the end of a conversation, like a period or a comma. And what I've learned from Matt is that there's a huge difference when you can sit in silence, look at someone in the eye and go, I love you. It's it's different. It's different. And and um and that's what I'm learning now. And that's what I'm learning now. That when you walk in a place of abundance, when you walk with your heart wide open, um it's it's scary because we've been stoned for so long, but when you can walk in abundance and you can walk with your heart wide open, you know you gra- you 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 gravitate more abundance. And and I'm on that path now where I'm just trying to yeah be less of stone and help other people of stone and move into that that abundance. Wow. This is going to be an awesome podcast, Sandy. <laughs> it's been an awesome podcast. Well, peop, I mean, people are just going to really relate with you. Mm. Um, you know, and Sandy helps me out a lot when I'm down, when I'm doubting, uh, because all of us doubt. I doubt, Sandy doubts, Jax doubts, Nathan mm. doubts. <laughs> Everyone doubts. And it's important to have a circle, a team of people that you can call on your run, on your walk, um, when you're when you're sad, when you're depressed, when you're, you know, anxious, when you're being avoidant, mm-hmm. and somebody to go, hey, are you okay? Or Sandy's simply, yo, what's up? Where are you? Um, because, you know, at where I'm at in my life right now is very uncertain. Um, you know, Sandy got really mad at me because I applied at a, a high school, a public school. And, and I know why he got mad. And not only did he get mad, Jax, like, let me have it. Mm-hmm. And, and then Nathan let me have it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of reaction to me and me not going all in on voice by Matt, um, that's that's what friends are there for, man. Mm-hmm. 
not not just not the, like not acquaintances like lifelong bala want to be strong like encouraging people and thank you guys thank you for not letting me settle for something that i've already done mm -hmm. and um it'll be really fun to go back and listen to uh this podcast you know a year from today and be like okay what happened sandy what happened to matt and sandy mm -hmm. a year ago today mm -hmm. um, yeah and and dude i want to usher listeners to push themselves to get in a group of leaders because what matt did in training me nathan and Jax is he created some leaders and when he put himself wow. in those group of leaders, he then in his moment of challenge had leaders to push him back up to remind him of what he had done for us. You know, Matt wow. pushed me to be a superhero. And so when I heard him choose to only be Clark Kent, I had a problem with that because there was a whole other side of you that wanted to play and that's what you told me from the moment we met and so i hold i had to hold you to that integrity because i know that this is only the beginning of our relationship and i want to see us we got to get to that private jet man we've been speaking about it since we've met so you can't you can't let me forget about that the private jet the apartment in new la the yeah, apartment new york in new york city, city come on uh flying around the world helping people find their voice let's go and i'm gonna need a, a media team I'm going to need people to, you know. You need some pros, and we got you covered. Guys, if you need uh, someone to help you with your social media for promotion, um, to make you look real good, to make you look real creative and fun, and um, is, is ahead of the game, is on the edge of the cutting edge of what's happening on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Sandy's your guy. Sandy's team, they'll take care of you. Um, however, uh, he has a lot of people that he's working with right now. Yeah. And, um, you, you might be on a waiting list. Um, I'm, I'm a big relationships guy. If you, if you are prepared to show your heart and be a leader, um, we'll figure out a way to work together. And I know for me that that's going to be happening very soon for me too, that there'll be a waiting list of people I can work with. Um, but you know, I got an eight-week program, helping people find their voice. We can do it per hour. Sandy's got multiple packages that he offers. Mm -hmm. um, give him a – he can email you too, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, again, I want to remind people, listeners, right, like you, you want to be in a place of abundance. Are you working with a guide and a mentor, a coach that is coming from a place of abundance? Being in a place of abundance is not easy. It takes daily discipline and it takes a leader that is in a group of leaders constantly clearing and facing the darkness. So ask yourself when you're working with a professional, are they a person that walks in abundance? Am I prepared to walk in abundance? And if you are, definitely reach us out. I mean, you can contact both of us on our websites too, right? So voicebymat.com, goanomalous.com. But again, remember, walking the path of leadership is not easy. Mm -mm. You will be supported, but it will not be easy. Wow. Well, Sandy, man, thank you for jumping on a 
impromptu podcast that came out of the blue. This was not planned, everybody. Mm -hmm. Sandy uh, FaceTimed me, and I was, you know, working on Voice by Matt stuff. And I said, Megan, Sandy FaceTimed me. And I said, hey, you want to do a podcast real quick? And Sandy's like, yeah, give me the Zoom link. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and, dude, this, is, this, is, this, was, this was meant to be, man. Mm -hmm. This was meant to be. This is the way life is. This is the way mm -hmm. life should be when you're walking in abundance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And living it. And mm -hmm. I finished 75 hard before this podcast today. If that tells you where I'm at with my routine right now. Right. right. And again, like if you're considering to work with Matt, be ready because this man, this man sets the pace. Well, <laughs> I had to be fat Matt for a long time. Lazy fat Matt before shadow Matt that I found mm -hmm. out. I had to be that guy for a very long time before I would even think about doing Two workouts already today. Ten pages of a self-help book. Uh, a gallon of water already, bro. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And this I have to go to the bathroom, the bathroom so bad. Right. Man's in the bathroom. And then the selfie's no big deal. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting hungry now. Um, Walking but, in that leadership, baby. Dude. Everybody, give it up. Give some claps for Sandy. He brought it today. He brought the truth. He brought the realness. He brought his real voice. You heard him. You felt him. You see him. You see those visions that he talked about. You know why? Because he was emotionally connected to what he was saying, which is what I teach you to do. And if you want help to find your voice, please send me a message. If you want to be seen and felt and heard, talk to Sandy and his team. Sure. I love you guys. Have a great day, and we will see you on the podcast next time.